0: If you're living in a state that is predominantly red, yeah. politicians want to protect those votes, right? and they're willing to kill children to do it. So we're gonna hire you to get to the bottom of certain problems in our church, but as soon as you uncover them, we're gonna do our best to cover it up. Yeah. What exactly was the point It doesn't matter how small the number is if one child dies due to the neglect of their parents that is subsequently protected by their state government it's too much
1: and every time you see one of those reports you have to think about the amount of misery and just human suffering that happens to these children
0: right and the audacity that the parents will never be held accountable this is the first time and possibly the last that you're ever going to hear the phrase hot pink penis on this show, (laughs) but I'm glad it's in here.
1: Yeah. Welcome to Unbound,
0: a podcast for new atheists
1: and lifetime atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers and free thinkers.
0: There is life after faith
1: and life here is good. It's time for a new perspective
0: and a better conversation. I'm Spider.
1: And I'm Shell, and it's time to get Unbound.
0: Do the right thing, but cover your ass. The top U.S. states for murdering your kids without consequence, justifying spousal rape, the satanic temple and the combat vet, and a total dick move in the right direction. All in this edition of Christians Behaving Badly with a surprisingly happy ending. I'm Spider.
1: And I'm Shell.
0: And let's just dive right in to this week's edition of Christians Behaving Badly that I've humbly titled Big Bag of Dicks Edition. And you'll figure out why in a few minutes. I will tell you that these stories go from worse to better, as, yeah. as opposed to going from bad to worse, which is what usually happens around here. Mm. There is a... An actual bona fide happy ending, well, sort, sort of, of, sort of happy ending here, because I always love it when the good guys at least speak up. They don't necessarily win, yeah, but they use their voices and. That, I think, is one of the primary messages of this show, is that it's important to use our voices and at least shine a light on what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. So without any preamble whatsoever this week, you know what's coming up in the next uh, month or so already, if you've been listening. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. Shell, what have you got for us this week?
1: Well, just when you think maybe a church might do the right thing, uh, no. Uh, yeah. The Arise Church in New Zealand hired an independent investigator to discover misconduct and abuse in May of last year when a reporter wrote about them and started making headlines. This was a big deal because Arise had a dozen satellite locations throughout New Zealand, an eight figure budget and a membership of over 10,000 people. It was only after a former member told the reporter about the abuse and emotional manipulation within the church that he began digging into details. He learned that members were expected to give to the church far more than a mere tithe, that interns had to pay for the privilege of serving the church, that a pastor and his brother were aggressive to the point of physical abuse, and that nondisclosure agreements were used to maintain silence. Later, this same reporter wrote about a former church member who alleged sexual abuse by her ex-boyfriend, a leader in the church, only to be chastised by another leader for having premarital sex with her new boyfriend.
0: Oh, shame on her. So, uh, a little bit more from Hemet Meta on this. I believe that's where this came from, right? Right. Okay. So what happened next?
1: The entire leadership resigned, and the rest of the church's governing group hired an investigator from a group called Pathfinder to do an independent review. The arise church agreed to eventually make the report public. Sounds yeah. good so far. yeah,
0: so far, so good. But mm. wait for it, people.
1: The lead investigator, Christine Cummings, and her team were very thorough, speaking to 545 people about the church and what happened to them or what they witnessed there. The report detailed numerous instances of sexual and physical abuse, financial shenanigans, and straight-up racism, and also called for the entire board to resign. Ouch. Yeah. Arise Church hesitated, to publish this report.
0: Oh, I wonder why. I
1: can't imagine. The pathfinding report referred to ongoing targeted sexual harassment, unwanted nudity, inadequate systems for handling sexual harassment or abuse, discouraging victims from going to the police, racism among arise church leaders, including a directive to focus on white kids when trying to win converts.
0: Because of course
1: and a confirmation that interns were screwed over financially. The only reason anyone knows about this report is because the reporter who initially broke the story got hold of the report and leaked it in an article. Good for him. This brings us to an interesting chapter of this story. Arise Church filed a lawsuit to prevent the publishing of the report. And since the church had a lawyer, This meant that Ms. Cummings also had to hire a lawyer to fight the lawsuit in court. So now this presents an interesting question. The church pledged to pay all of Cummings' bills for the independent review they commissioned. So were they obligated to reimburse her for legal bills that arose because of the investigation?
0: It's so two-faced, but it's also standard in Christian circles in general, to be perfectly honest. I don't want to put the crosshairs on the evangelicals with this one, because any church organization would do the exact same thing here. So we're going to hire you to get to the bottom of certain problems in our church But as soon as you uncover them, we're going to do our best to cover it up. Yeah. What exactly was the point? I know. At least I have an idea of what's going on here. They were trying to save face by saying, okay, we're going to do something about this and we're going to investigate it. But I don't think that they ever had any plan whatsoever to make their findings public, whether they said they did or not. I don't think that they had any plan of ever making any of this public. And when somebody tried and succeeded, all of a sudden, there's a major problem with having the spotlight turned on them and yeah. all the crazy shit that was happening here.
1: Yeah. Of course, now there seems to be a problem with getting payment from the church. Nah. Show of hands. Is anyone surprised? I didn't think so. Here's a quote from Ms. Cummings. My contract with Arise Church included a clause which required them to cover all legal fees associated with the work I undertook for them. Bam. When presented with invoices for these legal fees, the Board of Arise Church declined to pay these fees in any part. After a number of months of attempts to negotiate and incurring further legal fees, they eventually agreed to a settlement. The settlement agreement was then breached due to Arise Church failing to make payment by the agreed date. I then required further legal support to see this paid. Finally, I was paid the settlement and paid for my work on the independent review report on 9th December. It is correct that a portion of the legal fees covered by Give a Little fundraising relates to action taken by members of the Arise Church. However, the majority of the fees were incurred in fighting to see my contract honored and chasing settlement. I have not received any offer of assistance from Arise Church.
0: Of course not. Because you did what they asked you to do, and it pissed them off. When you actually uncovered all of this shit, I have to wonder what they were thinking was going to happen here. You're paying somebody to investigate all these things. They do it, and now you're upset, and now you don't want to pay them? Why would you ask for someone to shine the spotlight on this shit if you really didn't want to take a good, hard look at yourselves in the mirror? That's what gets me about this whole thing. She did her job and she did it thoroughly. They talked to over 500 people and this is what they found out. And now all of a sudden it's a priority to keep it hush hush. What were they expecting to find? Were they expecting them to just uncover nothing untoward, nothing illegal, nothing negative? Right. Because why would you spend the money if you thought nothing was wrong? Just do what they always do and say nothing is wrong and save yourself all this hassle. Right. You know, until somebody calls you out on it Yeah, anyway. yeah, You know, that's the other part of it.
1: And I just wanted to mention the name of the reporter who did the articles that exposed all this was Mm -hmm. David Ferrier. Just wanted to let you know what his name was.
0: Credit where credit's due. We're all about that.
1: Yeah. Of course, our question is, why does anyone still darken the doors of this church? Christians have an amazing ability to turn a blind eye to their own feelings and are all too willing to excuse leadership that promotes abuse. Well, there's
0: the answer to the question right there. Yeah. They do this all the time. And again, yeah. it's not by any stretch of the imagination just an evangelical thing. It's a Christianity thing. Yeah. And that's problematic like to the nth degree. Yeah. And uh, you know, just thinking about the things that were uncovered in this, and understanding that this is one church. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one church. Yeah. How many others are out there who are guilty of more and worse offenses than this? Just think about that. Yeah. These are the ones we hear about, but you've got to understand mm-hmm. that for every one that you hear about, there could be 10, 100, or 1,000 more that you don't. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we continue. What have we got next?
1: One of the unfortunate stories we too often see on this segment is often child deaths proceeding from their parents' non-belief in modern medicine for their children. In America, consequences for these deaths can be severe, but in six states there is a faith-healing exemption from such consequences. Hemant Mehta writes, Idaho is one of only six states where belief in faith-healing can help you escape charges of negligent homicide manslaughter, or capital murder. So if a child dies because her Christian science parents refuse to take her to a doctor, those parents won't be punished. This isn't merely hypothetical. Idaho is home to the followers of Christ sect, and its members have been in the news many times over after their kids died from preventable diseases like pneumonia and sepsis. Because the state won't prosecute those members, they've never changed their behavior. While this is a serious problem, the solution seems to be fairly simple. Removing this exemption from the law. Parents who let their children die because of very treatable illnesses should be sent to jail. Seems like a no-brainer to me. It
0: seems like a no-brainer to anyone who thinks straight on issues like this. But here's the thing, if you're living in a state that is predominantly red, yeah. politicians wanna protect those votes. right? And they're willing to kill children to do it. Just keep that in mind as we continue, folks. Yeah. And keep it in mind when you're deciding whether or not you're gonna to go to the polls in the next election.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a no-brainer to others as well. An organized effort to remove the exemption started in 2014. Unfortunately, it has hit a roadblock since Idaho is a mostly Republican-governed state. There you go. The chances of this happening are slim to none, even with new members of government coming in, and children pay the price. Coroner's reports obtained through records requests by the Idaho statesman showed eight child deaths, including stillbirths associated with faith healing since the start of 2020 in Canyon County, Where the followers of Christ's largest church group is located, a Statesman investigation published in February 2020 found 11 faith healing deaths in the same county during the previous five years.
0: It seems like a small number, 11 over five years, but let's think for a moment about where these people's lives could have gone. Yeah, what they could have experienced, what we all enjoy experiencing in life, understand. Mm -hmm that it's over for these 11 people. Right. And they matter. It doesn't matter how small the number is. If one child dies due to the neglect of their parents that is subsequently protected by their state government, it's too much.
1: And every time you see one of those reports, you have to think about the amount of misery and just human suffering that happens to these children.
0: Right. And the audacity that the parents will never be held accountable. That's the thing that really gets me. Under any other circumstance, even parents who kill their kids during exorcisms have a tendency to at least face prosecution. Right. And they face consequence. But in these instances, we're talking about parents who have access to the medicines and medical services that can save their child, their child. Yeah. And they leave it in the hands of their absent God.
1: Yeah. And they're
0: told by their state government, and by their legal system, that this is okay. Guess what, folks? It's not.
1: No. Corners' reports showed one child died after he was sick for six weeks with strep throat developed into pneumonia. Another child died after becoming bloated with their own waist.
0: Good Lord.
1: Which was attributed to short-segment Hirschsprung disease, a genetic condition in which nerve cells are absent in parts of the digestive system. This disease can often be managed with surgery. It's fairly easy to find the hypocrisy in the followers of Jesus' cult. The adult members wear eyeglasses and take blood pressure medication. They never just pray to God when it involves their health, yet their babies can suffer and lawmakers are letting them get away with it.
0: And again, keep that in mind the next time you're deciding whether or not you're going to vote in a state election.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I did a little bit of digging here on my own because this one was so infuriating. I wanted to find out where this was happening. And it's more than six states, people. Let's mm. just make sure that we understand this. Idaho and Washington are the biggest offenders, but at least these places seem to have limits. You know, a lot of of it seems to revolve around Christian science. But West Virginia, Washington, D.C., Wisconsin, and Oregon all have recent cases of acquittal in matters involving withholding vital medical services from children based on religious grounds and all kinds of religious grounds. And the simple fact of the matter is that many states have lesser invoked and far more rigid exemptions that protect people from prosecution when they passively kill their kids by not getting them the help that they need. It's a lot more than six. It's more like 36 if you want to go by the Pew Research study that was done in 2009 about this. And not only have most of these states not done anything to repeal these legal loopholes in nearly 14 years, in many cases, those loopholes have been reinforced in the courts, particularly during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now, children were the smallest affected demographic in pre-vaccine COVID times. But some did get it and some did die from it. The numbers were tiny, about a hundred total in 2020. But that also included a handful of cases where parents withheld medical treatment from their kids. Those kids died, and their states all invoked legal loopholes that allowed religious exemptions to work in their favor. Ugh. You know, we could turn this into an entire episode and just might sooner or later. Yeah. But my final word on this for now. If you withhold medical services from your kid and your kid dies from any preventable or treatable ailment, you are a murderer. And the sad part is, your God would be proud of you for it. And on that happy note, Mm. what have we got next?
1: Well, here's a short one for our hate preacher watch. Pastor Steven Anderson of Faithful Word Baptist Church in Tempe, Arizona has made another statement of just blind hatred, that says way more about him than we want to know. Hammett Mehta tweeted a segment of his sermon which showed him saying, among other things, that sexual abuse is not a thing in marriage. Nah. Oh, and he also mocks a rape victim. It's so wonderful to hear people laughing at this guy's mockery. Creepiest thing ever.
0: See, that's the thing. It's not just one voice. No. It's that one voice and all of its little psychophants yeah. that agree with him laughing, laughing at the atrocities that you just listed there. It's mind blowing how little some people know how to think for themselves or choose not to think for themselves, especially when they find someone whose hatred, bigotry, etc. aligns with theirs. Yeah. Because that gives them the power to just burst out laughing mm-hmm. at things like this. Yeah. It's no joke. I don't even have words for someone who would laugh at the notion of someone being raped. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I wish I still believed in karma. Yeah. And I'm I just going to leave that right there.
1: Yeah. Here is a quote from Pastor Steven Anderson It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't have power over my own body. She doesn't have power over her own body. This is what the Bible says.
0: Where? I love it when they say, this is what the Bible says, and just leave it hanging there. Yeah, I would just like for once, well, maybe not for once, because I know that some of these people wield Bible verses like bullets. I know yeah. that. But I would just like to see someone like this on a consistent basis, list off the verses that they're getting this shit from so that those of us on the other side who have a little bit of experience in this area might be able to exegete these verses for them a little bit and say, yeah, you know what? This is not what was meant by this. And you knew that when you pulled it out of the holster, okay? You knew.
1: The lack of compassion for others in these people is astounding. Very the unwillingness to put yourself in another's place and empathize with anyone.
0: Well, yeah, but that's Evangelicalism 101. Yeah. And we've talked about this and the reasons why these people lack empathy. There are loads of reasons. I wish I had the episode number in my head. I don't. But we did actually do an episode about this a while ago. And most of it stems from empowerment from idiots like this. Yeah. Because as soon as these people hear someone say something that has been in their head all along, it's like, my God, somebody else gets this mm. and they latch onto it yeah. and it just fuels the hate.
1: Yeah. It's no wonder this guy has been banned from entering over 30 countries. I wouldn't want him in this country if he wasn't already here. Let him live on a boat like man without a country.
0: Yeah, sounds like a plan to me.
1: Seriously.
0: And now we get to steer the ship toward slightly friendlier waters. There are elements of positivity to these last couple of stories that I think are going to help us end things on at least a slightly higher note. Yeah. So let's talk about this uh, little devil's academy. (laughs) This looks to me like total awesome sauce. So (laughs) let's hear about this.
1: The school voucher debate has been going on for a while now. Of course, Christians think that it shouldn't be a problem sending any student to one of their schools, but one atheist in Iowa has taken issue with this. During a hearing on a school voucher bill yesterday, Joe Stutler told Iowa lawmakers he would open up Little Devil's Academy to spread Satanism with taxpayer dollars. Go Joe! The tagline of the school would be, bite the apple. Which is perfect.
0: Oh, so perfect. I love that. I absolutely adore it.
1: I couldn't possibly say it any better than this guy. So I'm just going to quote his little speech.
0: Oh, please do. I mean, this really is one of the best things I've read for this show in a while. Yeah. So yeah, let's hear what Joe Stutler has to say about this. And we're pulling this one directly out of the files of not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, right. Give him the quote.
1: Good evening, my name is Joe Stutler. I'm a disabled combat veteran who lives in Marion, Iowa. I would generally be opposed to bills like this because there's definitely issues. However, watching the elections over the last few years, it's clear that Republicans are gonna have Iowa stay red for quite a while. So, you know, I learned years ago, can't beat em, join 'em, join And following some things I learned in Germany when I was stationed over there, learning the lessons of 1930s Europe, Probably time to brush off my German, as it were. So having said that, I'm starting Little Devil's Academy. Little Devil's Academy is going to be a K-12 school aimed at very specific targeted groups because, quite frankly, I want a nice chunk of this grift money, too. <laughs> as long as you guys are going to be handing out money, why not let a veteran handle it? I'm already in discussions with the Satanic Temple. They're very interested in this bill and in our curriculum. So this is going to be something that we really need to do. You really need to get this bill passed. you got to give the devil his due, and you got to give him your tax dollars, too. (laughs) So as long as you're going to be handing out money, I want a piece of that, too. Long story short, you're going to be handing out money to schools that are run by all kinds of organizations that have all kinds of weird stuff going on. So if you're going to be supporting religious schools, you're going to be supporting the devil. Satan wants your money, and I want a piece of this lovely grift action. Thank you, Trump publicans.
0: Oh, I love it. I love the sarcastic honesty of that. Yeah. He's saying all the quiet parts out loud. Basically. And shining a light on what the actual agenda is. I think this is amazing. And I think that as soon as you get someone like Lucian Greaves involved... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Prepare to reap the whirlwind, people. It's going to happen. He's got the attention of the Satanic Temple. Yeah. And anyone who's listened to this show or any other show that follows what they do knows that <laughs> shit is about to go
1: down. <laughs> when asked how serious he was by Hemet Mehta, he said the following, depends on how this goes and what kind of support I get, he explained. He wasn't kidding when he said he had been in touch with the Satanic Temple. At this point, he's my favorite gadfly. Good speed, sir.
0: Oh, absolutely. And if he isn't bluffing and it doesn't sound like he is, again, there's going to be stuff that happens around this because this is precisely what the temple does. Yeah. This is precisely the point that they try and make in any situation where one religion is being stifled over another or when one religion wants exclusivity, yeah. They're there and they're going to have their voice with this. Hopefully there's more that develops with this I and really we learn so. more in the future. I would love to see action actually being taken on this because this guy has got a set of brass balls on him. <laughs> and if he winds up actually having the temple behind him, folks, look out because you're in for it. You are so in for it. And I hope we get to learn more. I hope we see more on this oh, later definitely. on. Definitely. And last but not least, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I'm not going to steal your thunder, just get right into it.
1: (laughs) We just passed the holidays, and as usual, there were many public tree lighting ceremonies and the like. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they had both a tree lighting ceremony and a menorah lighting ceremony. You'd think there would be space for all beliefs and cultures since the local government was sponsoring those sorts of religious adjacent events. Enter Chaz Stevens, a local activist known for seeing an opening and driving a monster truck through it. (laughs) He asked the city earlier this month for permission to host an event of his own on April 2nd in honor of Kanamara Matsuri, the Shinto Festival of the Steel Phallus. (laughs) I love it.
0: Love it, love it, love it.
1: The focal point of the event would be a six-foot-high, 300-pound hot pink penis. (laughs) my
0: god that one that one almost broke the spider <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there this is the first time and possibly the last that you're ever going to hear the phrase hot pink penis on this show <laughs> but I'm glad it's in here
1: yeah if you take a look at Hemet meta's article you can see blueprints of said object <laughs> as well as an artist's rendering there's also a confetti cannon. <laughs> Okay. inside of it that has a motion detector. Oh, my God. And every time somebody comes and stands in front of it, it just, like, erupts confetti. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> so I guess it's safe to say that it's always happy to see you it when you walk by. Always. <laughs> oh, this This is priceless. I yeah. love it.
1: Oh, God. Stevens told city officials that proceeds from the event would be donated towards AIDS research as well as LGBTQIA plus awareness, elevating both artistry and philanthropic cases in tandem. He also plans to hire a cop to protect his crown jewels. (laughs) Oh my God. He has submitted an outdoor event request form to the city council. Stevens is also trying to get other places to celebrate this religious and cultural holiday. The more, the merrier.
0: Oh, come one, come all. Absolutely.
1: Apparently. This isn't his first go-round with challenging Christian privilege. Back in August, after Texas passed a law requiring public schools to display In God We Trust posters donated by outside groups, he sent school districts those signs written in Arabic.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yep.
1: Yep. When Florida Republicans opened the door to banning books in public school districts, Stevens demanded they ban the Bible due to inappropriate content. He's also erected Festivus poles in the Florida Capitol, as well as Distressivus poles that look like Donald Trump.
0: (laughs) You said erected.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's placed an image of an upside-down, butt-plugged Jesus outside a local city hall. He once hired someone to wear a costume of a giant phallus with Trump's head before a presidential debate. I'm sorry. This one is just funny.
0: Oh, no. You know, it's fine if we break down like this once in a while. At least we can end the episode laughing, which is not something that happens often around here. No,
1: when I have the opportunity to do so, I take it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And this is just gold.
1: It is It
0: is. It is. Anti-evangelical bullshit gold. Yes. And I love every word of this so far. Yeah. Got a little bit more to go, mm-hmm. so won't steal your thunder. Keep going.
1: Steven seems to do this a lot, so he has a GoFundMe site to support future erections. Hey, if anyone doesn't want a giant pink phallus in the city square, all they really need to do is stop hosting other religious displays. Yeah, it's
0: pretty simple. And with that, we close the case files of Christians behaving badly for another week. And remember, folks, there are people out there committing unspeakable acts who have all kinds of support, both spoken and unspoken, and they get it from sources from both within and from outside their religious circles. Remember that your government is facilitating the murder of children and other atrocities in its effort to uphold religious liberty. Stop helping elect officials that let it happen and give the seats of power to people with enough courage to tell these people no once in a while and lend support to activists who are actively trying to tell these people no once in a while. Children die, women endure spousal rape, churches impose unspeakable abuses of every kind, and do their best to cover their tracks. This is what we're up against, and it's why it's so important to keep our eyes, ears, and mouths open about it. Kudos to the ones in the last two stories for pushing back. We need more of this. And kudos to the Satanic Temple for having the backs of people who do, and kudos to the heroes out there who have the audacity to tell these people no, or at a minimum demand equal time and equal representation. They're the ones making a difference And so can we. Remember, it's up to all of us to break the silence because when we do that, we help not just people, but society on a whole take those crucial baby steps toward getting and staying unbound. Enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound.